0: I can't go long. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. This is Cutting Through the Matrix. On the 25th of April 2013 I always suggest at the beginning That people should make good use of the website Cutting While it's still there And I'm getting hacked all the time And uh, lots of problems too with exploring it And all the rest of it Even if it's supposed to be a new deal Which has actually given me half the speed That's it, that's progress for you That's what happens when you do these kind of broadcasts. But anyway, make sure you can use cuttingthroughmage.com, lots of information to go through the system and the history of the big boys who set up their global structure a long time ago to take over all of the world's resources, including human resources, that's you. Your food, your water, all minerals, all gold, all silver, all production metals and so on, uranium, you name it, all the stuff that's out there, food, food the lot, as they say, is to be taken over by them because uh, even farming instead, said is too important to be left to farmers. And, of course, what they mean is that they plan to bring in a planned society and that's what all your United Nations meetings are about with the, the various charters they sign like the Earth Charter, etc., Agenda 21, and millennial projects, all the stuff that all your top elected people are signing quite happily. They've already done it, by the way, the latest round. And agenda 21 is really on the go across the whole planet. And, and while they again, when they want you to go to war, they always bring back the national flag, which they've forgotten for an awful long time, as we've been global. And then, of course, once it's, the wars are over, they bring they bring back globalism again, and you go back to this vagueness called globalism. It's all worked out that way uh, Because it's professionals, psychologists, neurologists, neuroscientists uh, Behaviourists all work together To make sure that your mind is pretty well controlled uh, And it is too Because we only get the, the authorised uh, venues from the, from the media uh, Authorised media to get through to our brains basically To give us our desired opinions And authorised opinions Which most folk download quite happily Never thinking about it so I go through the history of the, the foundations, tax-free foundations that form the parallel government. The same one that Maggie Thatcher joined when she left politics. She talked about it openly. She, she joined it, the Royal Institute of International Affairs, a private organization, set up the wealthiest people on the planet at the time, 100 years ago, to do this very job. Remember, 2 you're the audience that bring me to you. You can help me go along by getting the books and discs, hopefully, at cuttingthrometers.com. And from the US to Canada Don't forget you can still use personal checks Or international postal money orders Or you can send cash or use PayPal And across the world Western Union MoneyGram And PayPal once again And straight donations are awfully awfully well encouraged Because yeah, you wouldn't believe how you can go through cash Trying to get good connections And, and new systems uh, uh, None of which actually work very well Because Canada has a monopoly on everything more so than any other country and the big monopolists are right in bed with the politicians. So even when you get massive complaints coming into the RTC, the the, the ones who control the radio and communications, etc., the government department, supposedly, they never come down on the companies at all just getting all the complaints. In fact, they don't have to do anything to improve anything. And we are gouged, really gouged up here for, for Internet service of any kind, even the slowest kinds, which they claim is the highest. It's all doublethink, of course, because there's no competition here, and that's why. Everything is monopolization, and that's the real world we're living under today, as monopolization is the biggest gangs on the planet. They already had the countries under the thumb called the official governments joined the world gang, and they are the world mafia today. And even those guys, too, are lesser down the ranks than the guys who already own it, the ones you never hear about in papers, the ones that don't have to come out and tell nonsense to the public like politicians do. It's really that far gone. And it has been for an awful long time. Back with more after this. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix, and I've talked about George Orwell many times because he certainly put it on the line, uh, and his life on the line in fact, literally, uh, when he came out with a couple of his books to... In a tongue-in-cheek way, an acceptable way, get get the idea across that uh, the world is run by chronology, basically as I call it, chronology, where science is used and behaviorism is used, and so on. And anthropologists are always involved to do with social changes in societies, etc., cultural changes, social changes, and how are we are conditioned along the way by the powers that be to believe what we're told. And it's all this trick in the book. It's a very primitive power, actually, the one of protection. You see. Because if at one time you lived in a small tribe, then protection was all important and it was quite simple to see who the enemies were, especially when they attacked you, because they'd attack all of you. It's different today when you've got these governments that are halfway across the world it seems, and in the case of the European Union in some countries it still actually is, and it seems so far remote. So when they come out with their big stories about war and protecting you, you often wonder what's going on. It's just too far, too distant to comprehend. It's not a little tribal village anymore, you see. And But the, the instincts are still there. So the first thing they have to do in war is to try and get the public on board, public opinion must be swayed to be on board for the war. It doesn't matter what's about. It doesn't matter what it's for. Who it's with, as long as you get the public uh, opinion on board with you. And that's a fine art. It's, it's, a, it's a special art, and it's very easily to do. To, easy to do today. It's done all the time, in fact. But um, we, also, we also today have the, the, the attitude of the public. You're so dumbed down by incredible barrages of just data, information that really has nothing to do with them, and lots of trivia. Uh, that they can't tell fact from fiction. They have come to accept, without someone saying it to them, that there are special folk above them that come out of special wombs who are always up there protecting them. And they must be very, very special and very intelligent and so on, because you never meet them, but they will seem to bring it off in the end, one way or another. So it's very easy to control whole nations today. And I've mentioned before from the ancient histories of Greece where even Plato went through so many of the techniques and the formulas of getting folk ready for war, getting public opinion created, of creating a a proper managerial class. And he had the guardian class ruling his republic, as he called it, and believed the guardian class, who all interbred, by the way, because he really believed in selective breeding, special breeding, uh, then you'd have your, your military warrior class of men and women eventually, and now we have that today. And, uh, and then you'd breed all the low ones down below, all the people who actually produce things to keep everybody alive. Farmers and, and etc. You'd breed them for their work, including their height, literally. If you need big guys to pick apple trees, you'd breed them with a tall woman. And this is discussed thousands of years ago. Today, it's into genetics, of course, and how to 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 alter our genes. And that's a that's a advanced art today. It's very easy to do, and it's actually been happening for a long time, visibly actually in the populations since the early 1960s. The shape of the public are changing, natural shapes or frames are changing, and of course they're going sterile faster too. That's all to do with tinkering with us through food and various other techniques. Now, war is a great thing as a save to get everybody on board and into massive debt, which of course they never think about at the time, that's the public that is. And they pull out national flags, and you will see the the, the the trigger phrases that you've been conditioned with in school in certain countries. The U.S. has probably more than any other country, and they they react in a Pavlovian uh, fashion of sudden patriotism and pride, and it always seems to work. And that's a basic indoctrination. It works awfully well. But George Orwell, getting back to him, he talks about this, and in his book 1984, when he used to meet his girlfriend, and then sneak sneak away to meet together because uh, it was taboo. He was not done the thing basically in his particular uh, class, as a managerial class. And he, and he, he meets her and he says, and he says, in some ways that uh, she, as Julia, was far more acute than Winston and far less susceptible to party propaganda. Once when he happened in some connection to mention the war against Eurasia, she startled him by saying casually that in her opinion, the war was not happening. The rocket bombs which fell daily in London were probably f- fired by the government, their own government of Oceania itself, just to keep people frightened. This was an idea that that had literally never occurred to him. And, of course, I mentioned the movie Brazil too a kind of comical movie, but it also has all that stuff in it of bombs going off everywhere quite naturally, uh, and uh, they never catch the culprits because the government's behind it. It's a great scenario. Create the fear, and the abused, that's all of you, uh, will will turn to government, the abuser, to help you. That's an old trick of, of those who know how to abuse, and it works every time. But always keep that in mind so that uh, uh, And believe me, nothing is dirty enough Not to do When the end justifies the means What's a, what's a, a few hundred casualties even Or a few thousand casualties to get A main war through Where the big boys That live in your countries Or perhaps even don't Only sometimes they live in your countries Can, can go across the world and plunder Once it's all, all the land is captured From your supposed sudden enemies so, you, you, have legal plundering today. Le- very legal plundering. In the old days, it was quite as admitted to. Today, we're taught that we're somehow civilized and above board and all that. And, but the number never tells you what's really happening to all the oil fields and that just gets plundered. Who gets them? Once in a while, the, some of the papers will get something out there. But most folk don't ask the question. So, they're quite happy that the, the big fear mechanism has gone back to, uh, a kind of dull alert as opposed to a bright orange or whatever. And, um, and they're quite happy. It's all psychology, as I say. And uh, he's an example here. Now it says the Miranda warning uh, was written, uh, given uh, to the, the suspect of the Boston Marathon bombing, and it says 16 hours at, 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 after investigators began interrogating him. There's a Norwalian thing right there, because in another article that says another uh, other, many other articles now that they're saying that. Um, he was shot in the throat. So he's been chatting for 16 hours. What, what is it here? What is it? Is it one or the other? So he it was ready as Miranda rights, and so on. And then he went silent. Well, I think he'd be silent from the beginning if he'd shot, been shot in the throat. And then we get told that the massive shootout that was played in all the world's media This fantastic shootout as the brave men went in there and all their armoured gear and automatic uh, machine guns and so on and had this massive shootout with the guy when he was hiding in the boat and riddled it it with bullets and so on. Uh, They found no weapons inside so the guy had nothing. This is after telling us that he shot himself. But it won't matter. You see, eventually they'll come out with the official final story. It's like writing a script for a play. You may have two or three versions of it until you get it right because you've got to have continuity of, of the dialogue and the storyline. And they hire continuity writers to go over everything to make sure. So that eventually that becomes an official story, just like 9-11, and that's on, it's going to go down in history and chiselled in stone. doesn't matter how ridiculous it sounds at the time. It says, Zarnev uh uh, immediately stopped talking after the magistrate judge and a representative from the U.S. Attorney's Office entered his hospital room and gave him uh, his Miranda warning, according to four officials of both uh, political parties, briefed on interrogation he insisted on anonymity because the briefing was private. Before uh, being advised of his rights, the 19-year-old suspect told authorities, this is a guy whose throat shot out, that his older brother, a terminal 26, only recently had recruited him to be part of the attacks that detonated pressure cooker bombs at the marathon finish line. The CIA, however, had named Tamerlan to a terrorist database 18 months ago, said officials closed the investigation, who spoke to the Associated Press on condition of anonymity again, because they were not authorized to discuss the case with reporters. Listen, when they tell anything to a reporter, they are authorized because they've got to spin the story. And the CIA are the master spinners. They've been overthrowing whole nations for, for many, many, many decades. Actually, since they were created in the first place. So anyway, as I say, I've read the articles yesterday from Russia, uh, to do in Georgia, to do with the, with the fact that they, they were possibly recruited and they was to the particular organizations that recruited them. Uh, and, and the US is using them, these organizations and funding them to go and fight in Syria and elsewhere. And also to try and mobilize them to fight on the districts of the southern parts of Russia. Because Russia, believe it or not, is getting surrounded by missiles from the US and NATO. And they don't like it, quite naturally. But, as I say, it doesn't matter what uh, facts come out. Facts don't matter. Truth doesn't matter uh, when it comes down to reality anymore. Truth doesn't matter. It's the final authorized version by the top that matters. And that's what goes down. Most folk are generally quite, quite content with that, too. Now, claims that Syria has used sarin gas should be treated with caution It says, now, a while back, of course, they tried to say uh, that they, they were thinking uh, uh, of actually blaming uh, Syria of using it, and it, it turned out it was the so-called uh, freedom fighters, the ones that were all paid by Britain, and France, and uh, the U.S., and recruited by them, and funded by them, and, and given all their equipment by them, and their weaponry. And it turned out that they were the ones who, supposed suppose, were, tr- were trying something out. But they've reversed it now again. Everything can get reversed in, in this Orwellian world, you see. Because they're going to get weapons for mass destruction. Obama said that a while back. We've got to get this on weapons of mass destruction. So we will wait for the big weapons of mass destruction to pretend to be used. And that's good enough for the historian Buffs that will write all the history. So it claims that serious use sarin gas should be treated with caution. It says... That the recent claims that Britain, France and Israel have proof that the regime of Bashar al-Assad used sarin gas in Syria raises important moral questions and not simply for the Assad regime. If the claims are true, then Assad's forces would be guilty of a crime against humanity. But where does that leave the governments who claim they have evidence that sarin was used? Although France and the UK have written on, to the UN claiming they have credible evidence to support their claims, they have yet to make the substance of those claims public a baffling position given the seriousness of the allegations instead they prefer to brief reporters on basis of anonymity again there's that anonymity again and the evidence provided it says here by um, the countries are claiming it like Israel and so on is very very vague nothing definite has been said except yeah they've used it but no names of course but with more after this Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix, talking about this claim that the Syrian government has used uh, gas on people. And there's no evidence at all, but it's good enough for the public, as long as you have enough people saying it has happened, it's good enough for the public. And just to try and justify what they call the good war. And we know that the good war uh, was was an old, old term, but it was used with the neocons before they had their their war and got got the, the whole ball of wax going. And uh, they had to make sure that the public believed that everything happened that nine eleven was official that they said that, that there was gospel truth and so on, and uh, that it was literally the black hats against the white hats and, and so on as clear cut as that. A very simple script. And again, propaganda has to be simple. That's what they always tell you. And guys involved in, in creating propaganda, that it has to be a simple story. The, the more complex they make it, the more holes they can make in it, and it's, it's hard to clear up the holes. But uh, So the simple script, even if it makes no sense, and it's double-think, you see. But anyway, so this, off this guy who's writing this is his own limited experience of with claim of, of the use of poison, gases and stories that I've covered tends towards caution when claims of their use are made. The first time I encountered the claim of gas being used in a battlefield was from fleeing KLA fighters whose headquarters in the Dranica mountains had just fallen to Serb forces. It was quickly clear that their claims were false. More recently, I looked into claims that a mystery gas had caused seizures and asphyxiation deaths when used against demonstrators in Egypt. In that case, the conclusion was that very high concentrations and possibly old stock of conventional riot gas, that's tear gas, had caused the symptoms. There are questions which one should be asking about alleged use of sarin in Syria, not least why a state would seek to use a weapon like this on such a limited scale. Utility of weapons of last resort for those unscrupulous enough to use them, actually suicidal to use them. So using an atom bomb, you know what's going to happen. Especially when, uh, as say, Obama told them months ago that if this was used, they'd, they'd, it would give them the excuse to go in there, big time. So they wouldn't do it. Anyway, so it's like sarin and VX and mustard gas So they would not only kill a large concentration of people If you actually were to use them really But their use also has a profound psychological impact Gas, in other words, is not a weapon that is generally used discreetly But emphatically on a large scale So your last resort when military analysts have imagined the circumstances that such weapons might be used, it's been in circumstances where regimes are either in extremists or, in this case of Saddam Hussein's use of gas when the Kurds in Halabja, where they got it from the U.S., by the way. Donna Rumsfeld sold it to them, is eh? It's where a regime believes it can act with a large degree of impunity. Neither of those quite fit Syria today. All the evidence is that despite the spread of civil war to the outskirts of Damascus, Assad's forces are resilient. All these questions are important because the accusation is so serious. The US has already said the use of chemical weapons would represent a red line that would trigger an unspecified response. So it's true. And as I say, even in other articles too, you look them up yourself. It says that uh, even the, 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 the Hegel has said that there's no verification of any of these accusations but they'll use it to go to war anyway because they've been trying to get this war finished for a long time and uh, Israel too naturally will say that because when the the neocons were in with Bush Jr uh, you remember back then they tried to say uh, that that the same list of countries they wanted the US to take out Uh, and they wanted uh, uh, Iraq to be taken out and right after Iraq they wanted the US to move right into Syria at that time and they didn't, not immediately, in the two other countries around them. But it's the same list, of course, as I say, that, that the Israelis want all taken out in Syria is on that list too. So they, you can't take the, what they say seriously either from, from Israel, because you've got a lot at stake in this. But uh, it doesn't matter, it'll happen anyway, because as I say, the the boys been wanting this over and done with for a long, long time. Demo- Democratise the world, like the democracies you have, when uh, you have no rights whatsoever in a martial law situation. Also, as as we, it didn't surprise me at this about that abortionist, the butcher, who uh, had living children, and indeed just killed them after birth. It didn't none of this bothered me at all. I knew the fact the big boys would have to step in because they've gone for thirty years, forty years to push abortion on the people, and um, they weren't going to back off now because of one guy who got caught. Doing the dirty, but it says that the judge drops nine charges, three of which were murder against Kermit Gosnell, and uh, it said the federal judge dropped nine charges, including three murder charges and one count of infanticide against the Philadelphia abortionist Kermit Gosnell, as his trial resumed this morning. And uh, I've got a couple of articles on this, and one from LifeSite News as well. And it's, it's quite interesting as I say that uh, obviously the big boys are right behind this guy That they, they have to Otherwise, you understand, they'd have to open up all the abortion clinics All these private ones And they're not going to do that Because it's a big part of the agenda Is is abortion on demand, a population reduction and so on It's a big, big part of it So you probably get to walk out of this with a little Lose his license for a little while or something like that And the public don't mind today There's no real outrage at all it's hard to get outraged today when all morality has been directed down to the drain, you know, and, uh, for years. Uh, and it really is. When I see outrage by the public, I, I'm very skeptical of it in this day and age, to be honest with you. We've watched a perpetual war since about 1990 across different countries. We've seen all the scenes of drones going and blowing folk up and oh, how wonderful those devices are as they show off their high tech stuff, things like that. And then we'll see the aftermath And we'll see the wedding parties getting blown up And all this kind of stuff And nobody cares That's, that's what, nobody cares You know, They're, they're, they're different from you they're, they're, they're over there somewhere Some far away place That most folk in, in the States and, and especially can't even point to So it doesn't matter It's unreal, it's a fiction, it's a movie Isn't it? Back with more after this Listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. We're back, cutting through the matrix, and another article: White says, ex-Bush official willing to testify that Bush-Cheney. Knew that the Gitmo prisoners were innocent, and it's not a bad article. It goes through some of the things that have been said since by those involved at the top. And they, they knew uh, the guys that were rounding up, and children as well, as young as 13 even, and chipping them off for torture, were, qu- were quite innocent. They were just told to get to just round up people. Whole, whole streets of folk, people in a, a marketplace, a whole marketplace could get rounded up. And it's shipped off, and that was it. Just make it, it look good in the books, you know. They were actually getting the guys and so on. But these guys had nothing to do with it, and this could happen anywhere. You understand? It's not a bad article to say. And uh, and a top character who was uh, the, the right hand man for Colin Powell actually I think has has come out and talked about what actually happened, and it's quite a story. Anyway, not that people remember. It. It's not. It's not fun. This is kind of heavy stuff, isn't it? It's not fun. And you're all been taught to be egocentric. And, uh, and you know, always avoid bad news Also, too, uh, it's wonderful how they use the same script uh, They end up with uh, the same thing happened after 9-11 Supposedly some some uh, envelopes were delivered to well-known people in the news media and so on And they said it was anthrax And then the guy who supposedly sent them, who worked in the U.S. laboratories there The ones who make all the lethal stuff to get used abroad um, ends up getting killed while we in trial. He dies or commits suicide, we're told. But then again, we had the same thing here with the Boston thing, the same script with the and the, the suspect. Like, oh, the government's under siege, the government's under siege. And that's meant to you to get the flags that we all oh, get these sods. You know, you're all behind it. You're getting caught up in a drama, a complete drama that might not even be real. And I mentioned before that and supposedly is, 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 is in lots of envelopes in the, in the making of them, in the processing and making of them. Traces of us, and I'm so detected, you see. But all that news that you read at the time too, that it says the but the Ryson suspect, they got him it was a mentally unstable Elvis impersonator of all people, what a great target to pick, hey? Eh? And it says that he's been released from jail. And it says the Mississippi man charged with sending poison letters to President Barack Obama, a U.S. senator and state judge, was released from said, well, said the, well, from jail Tuesday. Federal officials said, though the reason for the release wasn't immediately clear. Well, they would not have released him if he'd done it. It says Jeff uh, Woodfin. Chief Deputy with the US Marshal Service in Oxford, Mississippi said suspect Paul Kevin Curtis had been released from custody, though Woodfin said he didn't doesn't know if there were any conditions on the release. The, people nobody knows anything, eh? This involved with anything anyway. They don't know that's that's what they tell all of it. We don't know anything. The development comes less than two hours after officials cancelled a detention and preliminary hearing without explaining the reason for the change. So, they cancelled detention and the hearing. Cancelled it. As Laura Christie McCoy, who's been pushing for the changes to be, charges to be dropped, said in a text message Tuesday that she could only confirm that her client has been released. And is with his family. And, uh, says McCoy has said that there's a news conference scheduled for 5pm. At FBI headquarters, Washington spokesman Paul Breston said this remains an ongoing investigation. Anyway, they went into his home and the whole bits and ransacked everything and took traces of everything. There's no trace of any Rice in anywhere in the place. But not when you heard it in the news when it first broke out. Oh, they've got them. Oh, it's there's, there's, it's like the old reds under the bed scare. Now it's terrorists under every bed too. Everywhere, you know. Especially when you, when the government needs them, that they're, they're right there. Doesn't matter if they, if, they, if they subsequently release them. Doesn't matter. See, the, the initial imprinting under emotion and stress is what stays in the mind. It has the, the effect. They teach them in psychological warfare these techniques. It's an initial announcement that gets everybody it gets embedded in the folks' brains. And banks may see quick end, or seek a quick end to the EU's LIBOR probe. It says, Banks under investigation as part of the European Union probe into the manipulation of benchmark interest rates. Meaning, see, understand the whole banking system for centuries has been a big, big uh, organized crime affair. That's all it is, folks. It's not called crime because, you see, it got official status, legal status to exist. So you, you can give criminals and people who have got criminal minds legal status to run your countries. We did that with the banks, first of all. Even though they've ripped off countries at least twice a century, often more. That's a standard record. But it says, so it says, including LIBOR, it may favour a speedy decision from regulators, the EU's top antitrust regulator has said. I tend to think that the parties involved are also interested in a quick decision, he said. The EU is pushing to to fine banks before the end of the year for attempting – they didn't attempt, they did fix benchmark interest rates – tied to the euro and the yen currencies. This is two people familiar with the investigation said this month that several banks want to resolve the antitrust probe and may negotiate for a settlement as early as October. This is if the parties are not putting obstacles and dragging their feet more than the normal attitude of those being investigated by the – cartel authority. Maybe the first decisions of the first investigation with LIBOR can take place at the end of the year, the start of next year, Almunia said. This is Barclays. Dutch Bank, AG, UBS, AG and Royal Bank of Scotland Group uh, are amongst uh, banks and brokerages that have been quizzed by the EU about manipulation of lending rates that may have helped them and others generate profits from derivative trades. Of course they did it. It so says who previously described the fix of the London's interbank-offered rate as quite shocking, and has warned that any fines would not be one euro. He said it's also for uh, probing the possible reading of the Swiss franc libre rate as well. The EU is treating the collusion as a price-fixing cartel that can be punished under its antitrust rules. This means fines can be as much as 10% of a company's yearly global revenue and are based on its annual sales in the market where it tried to fix prices. And as his authorities rarely impose the maximum, UK Financial Conduct Authority, previously known as the Financial Services Authority, started looking into manipulation of LIBOR in 2009 after CFTC requested its assistance the prior year. And it says the British agency opened a formal, formal investigation of that rates in 2010, leading to Barclays, UBS, and Royal Bank of Scotland Group being fined more than 2.5 billion dollars over the past 12 months for rigging the LIBOR, a global benchmark for 300 trillion of securities, 300 trillion dollars. Well, you understand those who end up in, in money and working in money is, is what they call a science are the biggest crooks out there? Does you see all the loopholes? They see the advantages of where they can they can use it. And they naturally all work together like a big gang. So anyway, that's that one. Also, Battery Hen Britain. Now, at one time, Britain uh, had a massive death rate during the Industrial Era. Benjamin Franklin talked about it too. When he saw the folk coming out of shoe factories, hundreds of them coming out of these shoe factories, all barefooted, that they were the workers. And they lived in cold houses, they couldn't afford coal, and the death rate was massively high. And folk don't know too, that the old plague carts they used to use, times of plague, were also carried on right through the industrial revolution, right up into the 20th century at the top. In some places, and uh, it was bringing out your dad. Because the, the death rate was so high, they were fed minimum, or, uh, they had a minimum of food, they couldn't afford food, all their money went to rents, and so on. And they worked 16 hour days minimum. That's called civilization and progress, you understand. And then, of course, in the 20th century, they had a big push, especially uh, during and after World War II, to improve the sanitary conditions. And that's really what brought disease down, too. Um, better food for a little while. Not the greatest of food, but better than never had before. And also uh, homeless they could actually live in with some room because you need room and air and all the rest of it. And it's old, old books you can get from the, the the British National Health Service talking about the minimum height of a ceiling, all of this kind of stuff, so that you can you know, live in a sanitary condition rather than cramped in these little closet things with 12 folk all coughing away and, and, and freezing to death. So they're going back to the old way. Now it says, Battery Hen Britain. Britons now live in the smallest homes in Western Europe with the average one bed new build at the same size as a tube carriage. And it says, the crap conditions in the UK are making people depressed and ill. Well, of course it will. And developers squeeze flats into less space to make more money. RIBA says, An average British home has shrunk from 85 square metres to 76 square metres in 30 years. Homes in Europe are 15% bigger on average and 80% larger in Scandinavia. A campaign started to impose minimum planning standards on space and lights. So one-bedroom flats in Britain are being built to the same dimensions as a tube-train carriage, and are risking the health and family life of thousands. And the developers are making more cash or cramming them into these little rooms and so on. It means that many are living in the same area taken by a Jubilee line carriage in London, leaving residents to suffer in miserable, cramped, dark homes, according to Kevin Macleod, star of Grand Designs. says, overall, the average UK home is now 76 square metres, 10% smaller than 30 years ago, making British properties the tiniest in Western Europe. By the way, that ties in to what they call the spare room tax, as they have people who have hit hard times and they're on unemployment or welfare, and if you are got an extra room there, doesn't matter if it's a little closet, uh, gonna, they're going cut your benefits for, for, for having that, or you will actually move into another small place yourself. Yet we're living in progress. This is progress, folks, as you call it. Child hunger is exploding in Greece, it says, and 14 signs that it's starting to happen in America too. And the world is heading into a horrific economic nightmare. It's all planned that way. And an inordinate amount of the suffering is going to fall on uh, children and so on. If you want to get an idea of what America is going to look like in the not-too-distant future, just check out what's happening in Greece. At this point, Greece is experiencing a full-blown economic depression. And this is as the author wrote but previously, the unemployment rate in Greece has now risen to 27%, which is much higher than the peak unemployment rates that the U.S. economy experienced during the Great Depression of the 1930s. I think there's about 6 million now unemployed folk, there are more. and it's another, So there's another article, too, about the fact that the Greeks are now flooding out. They call it the brain drain. Uh, well, naturally, this is what people, why people move. They're getting taxed in the ground, they've lost everything, and they're trying to go into a, a place where it's better, a better economic system. Not that they're going to be, you're going to be hard pressed to find it today. Or the, the countries where you do have a better economic system you can't get into, like Switzerland. You see. It's all rigged that way. And again, EU Parliament likely uh, to back forced losses on wealthy failed bank depositors. It says, the European Parliament is likely to back plans to impose losses on wealthier depositors in failed banks while shielding smaller savers, the lead negotiator on the rules said yesterday. Talks are underway to finalise EU rules on prices hit banks following the Cyprus bailout, in which both large and small depositors were originally going to be hit before the plan was changed to charge only the former. Mind you, they gave the big boys with lots of money about a month or two's notice to get all the stuff out. European Parliament's backing the deal, it says, to become law. And it says Gunnar Hockmark, a Swedish conservative in the European Parliament, said most categories of deposits would be protected under proposals likely to be agreed upon in the future. There's a very clear exception for all deposits below €100,000, Hockmark said, who will lead uh, negotiations with European uh, Union member states, and he told in a conference and so on. But anyway, uh, this is to happen across the world. This is the new normal. As the big boys, well, steal their money, and really, your money is getting stolen all the time by different gangs uh, that again are, are cross that line of, of into legality. Understand? Same thing. If someone steals, they steal. If they, if if a guys going round uh, streets in, in New York City or Chicago demanding money from little stores and so on, if you don't pay up, they beat you up, kill your wife, and or burn you down. And, or they steal everything you've got. And when government does it, it's, it's the same thing. First the threat comes, and then they come in and steal everything that you have. Stealing is stealing, folks. The only difference between the gang at the very top, which you call official, is the big gang. It, it, it can buy its own protection, meaning, you know, all the different agencies that runs underneath it. And because they all wear uniforms, they're official. But stealing is stealing. And people can't see it, you see. They've been trained not to see it. This one is pretty good, too. It says, um, FBI denied permission to spy on a on hacker through his webcam. It says, the feds provide little or no explanation of how target computer will be found. It's quite an interesting article with a PDF in it, too. It's by Ars Technica. And it really is quite interesting on the reasons the judge gives for for not letting FBI hack into the guy's uh, computers and cell phones. The federal magistrate judge has denied a request from the FBI to install sophisticated surveillance software to track someone suspected of attempting to conduct a sizable wire transfer from, say, John Doe's local bank in Texas to a foreign bank account. Back in March 2013, the FBI asked the judge to grant a month-long Rule 41 search and seizure warrant of a suspect's computer at premises unknown as a way to find out more about this possible violation of federal bank fraud, identity theft and computer security laws. In an, unusually public or, an unusual public order published last week, Judge Stevens, Stephen Smith snapped down the FBI on the grounds that the warrant request was over-broad and too-invasive. NIT gives a unique insight into the government's capabilities for sophisticated digital surveillance on potential targets. According to the judge's description of the spy, where it sounds very similar to the RAT RET software that many miscreants use to spy on other internet users without their knowledge, and there's a link here, too, on the article they wrote about that uh, a month ago. It's quite interesting as well. According to the 13-page order, the FBI wanted to surreptitiously install data extraction software on the target computer. Once installed, the software has the capacity to search the computer's hard drive, random access memory, and other storage media to activate the computer's built-in camera to generate latitude and longitude coordinates for the computer's location and to uh, transmit and to transit the extracted data to fbi agents within the district neither an fbi spokesman nor craig m fiesel who represents the fbi in this case and his assistant united states attorney responded to our request for comment many civil libertarians though have raised serious questions as to what the government is up to hacking should be something that is the last resort not the first option Chris Soguan, the principal technologist at the ACLU's Speech Privacy and Technology Project, told ours, No one knows anything about how the FBI software works. We know that a Freedom of Information Act requests that there was a computer and internet protocol address verify our software, but this seems to be much more sophisticated. This sounds like the kind of spyware stuff that Gamma is selling. As, as a result, uh, as a general rule, we don't think law enforcement should be in the hacking business. This is, is sexy, but it's terrifying. He also recalled that Germany's own and similar federal Trojan program has been revealed to have notable security flaws by the, framed, uh, the famed hacker group, the Chaos Computer Club. According to the judge's order, PDF, it's got a PDF on it. the FBI has no idea where the suspect actually is, but noted the IP address of the computer accessing those accounts resolves to a foreign country. While IP addresses can certainly be easily spoofed Assuming that the suspect actually is outside the US That raises significant questions as to the appropriate use of such a warrant The judge agreed, noting that the government's application Does not satisfy any existing territorial limits Further, the judge cited the government's failure To meet the Fourth Amendment's requirement Of place to be searched And the person or things to be seized But it's quite an interesting article As I say, it goes on in depth and has links to other articles I've written about what government spyware is using on your computers. Back with more after this. We're back. And years ago, I mentioned when the, it came out that the, Japan and some countries were growing these massive bubble botany places, basically, to grow vegetables where no one could get in without wearing all this almost bio warfare equipment and so on. They didn't want a bug getting in there of any kind whatsoever. And it was shielded from the sky, as I say, in a bubble because they don't want chemtrails to come down in it and poison the stuff and um, and then I've looked at the little search and found that Germany had them too and other countries had them as well this is for the elite. this is what they eat folks it's all organic stuff it's not that the soil doesn't get the rain coming into it they have the, the water brought in or it comes up from very very deep wells and filtered so all the chemtrail stuff's filtered out of it and that's where the leet uh, tend to eat you see And uh, Blair, Tony Blair, when he passed the GMO billing too in Britain, he also exempted his own what they call a cafeteria, this massive palatial place for the British politicians where they get all their organic food and so on. He he made it an exception for them. So, so much for this equality under the law stuff. Come on, let's not stop kidding ourselves. In the U.S., it says congressional leaders in both parties are engaged in higher level of confidential talks about exempting lawmakers and Capitol Hill aides from the insurance exchanges they are mandating uh, to, to join as part of uh, President Barack Obama's healthcare overhaul. Uh, sources in both parties said the talks which invoke, uh, involve Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid. And House Speaker John Boner, the Obama administration and other top lawmakers are extraordinarily sensitive, which both sides are actually acutely aware of the potential for a political fallout for giving carve-outs for, from the, usually, or the hugely controversial law to 535 lawmakers and thousands of their aides. Discussions have stretched out for months, the sources have said. Now, that's nothing new in this kind of thing. I say equality under the law, that's why the Lady of Liberty is blind, you know. She's so blind she doesn't know who's passing underneath. I think she smells them. Who's who? But anyway, there's always a law for the rich and a law for the poor. And, um, and this shows you that they don't have to pay an it. they would be exempted for that. Remember, two back in the 90s, I think it was the US, Canada, and a whole bunch of countries quietly signed agreements that all top politicians and staff, etc., could get private medical treatment, uh, all free, at, at very um, high advanced military uh, hospitals in the countries. So that's not for the average person. So, And again, too, I think the U.S. allowed the Congress in the rest of them to opt out as well. But everybody else has to pay or go to jail. That's called democracy, you see. And it's true enough what they said in Russia. The, the U.S. has been the only country so far to put on an extravaganza of cheering as were put under martial law in Boston. It, that's never happened before actually cheering it all on out comes a flag and all the conditioned responses Pavlovian responses Uh, again a lot of it's PR2 and all set up but the fact is uh, they were under martial law for the whole of Boston there's all kinds of age groups getting tossed out of their homes as as they searched and raided them all street by street people in their pyjamas and all the rest of it no time to even get dressed tossed out with guys and guns this is America and it won't matter. It won't matter. I think the brains of most folk are gone, they're so conditioned, so, and they don't know they're even conditioned. The best mind control uh, it, it works so well on people, and because people don't believe they're under mind control, all dark but better today than ever before. From Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada. It's good night to me. Your God your God's skull with you.